Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. You ready for the Bible? All right. They're like, oh, that's, oh. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 1 says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. I've been doing a, a series about seasons, and we've been talking about three basic seasons, seasons to prepare, seasons to go, and today we're going to talk about seasons to stay. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you and Jesus following you, and thank you for being in our lives. Thank you for your, uh, the new life that you provide us. We honor you today, and we thank you, Lord. We're here today because, God, we love you, and we want to hear from you. God, will you speak to us, Lord? Thank you for your ability to speak. We listen for you today as we hear your word today. Lord, I ask for the empowerment of your spirit, Lord, to just share what's in your heart today. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I started a few weeks ago with seasons to prepare, and then a couple weeks ago we talked about seasons to go, and um, today we're going to talk about seasons to stay. And in 1 Samuel 23, verse 14, it says that David, this is talking about King David in the Old Testament, David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the, in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but he did not give David into his hands. And in the context of this, this scripture is that David's in a really weird season of life because he has been anointed to be king. And God has made it really clear, like, I want you to be the king over this nation. But when God anoints him king and tells him that he's going to be king, it's a not yet kind of thing. It's, a, it's still coming because there was a king on the throne at that time, and his name was King Saul. King Saul was the first king of Israel, and Saul um, developed a real challenge. It was a jealousy challenge. There was this song about David and Saul, and it said that Saul has killed his thousands, and David's killed his ten thousands, and Saul was insanely jealous of David to the point where he begins to try to throw spears at him and kill him. He sends the army after him and pursues him, and David is in this season of his life where he is in the wilderness avoiding King Saul. And, you know, you have these temptations in these weird seasons like this where you feel a little bit like, what am I doing here and why am I here and is this, how long is this season going to last? And, you know, King David's uh, temptations were, you know, he could have left forever and just said, you know what, I'm out. I'm going. He had uh, mighty men. He had followers. He, He could have just gone and started his own church. I mean, he could have gone and done his own thing, but that's not what God was calling him to do. He could have killed King Saul. One of the amazing things is, you know, David is this amazing warrior who from a child was, you know, guarding sheep and he's killed the lion and the bear. He's killed this little guy named Goliath, right? I mean, he's, he's done these amazing feats. I, I thought it was actually kind of brave and insane of Saul to even throw a spear at the man, right? Because he's just going to rip that thing out of the wall and give it right back to him. There's a neat book called The Tale of Three Kings that talks about King David, King Saul, and Absalom and their relationships. And it's neat. In this book, it, it makes this reference and says, you know, if David would have ripped that um, 
that spear out of the wall and killed David, it says in this book, it's kind of like a poetry, uh, the way it's written, that he would have become a king in the order of Saul. Basically, that he would have taken on the characteristics of this, of this Saul by, with his revenge, killing him, you know? And uh, you know, David had these, would have had these temptations, but the thing was, David didn't leave. David didn't react by fighting and putting up his fists. Um, what did David do? He stayed. He stayed in that awkward place. Have you ever been in one of those places where you are ready to go and God is saying to stay? You're like, great. You're going to preach on this? I did the go and the prepare before. You got the fun stuff earlier. Today, we're talking about seasons to stay. Ever been in that place where you're like, I am ready to leave this job? I thought I was going to hear an amen. Um, good. For, that's so mature. That's so, so good. Um, I am ready to give up on this relationship. I'm ready to quit this project. I'm out. I'm done. You know, I, God is calling me to something else. You know, and it's, but David stayed in the wilderness. But something was forming in David as he was staying in the place that God had called him to stay. Something was being developed in him, a dependence upon God. And if you will, a, a, a death to self. Sometimes when we're in a place where we wish we were somewhere else or we wish the circumstances were different. There's this death inside of us that's happening, um, and it's the, the death of the bad stuff in ourselves, right? The, the death of, you know, it talks about in Scripture how we need to uh, bear our cross daily, this idea of, you know, it's not about us. God loves us. God has a good plan for us. He cares for you. He's going to take good care of his sheep. But the world is not centered around you and I, amen? But it's actually centered around God and his purposes, and you happen to be one of those purposes. And so um, these seasons come, and they're so formative because something is dying, something is being developed, and you can only sometimes achieve those things or receive those things when you stay planted. It's kind of like, you know, you got to plant in, in that soil, and if you uproot it in that moment, you'd say, it's time to go, then all of a sudden, the growth and the development that's happening is stopped. It's arrested in that moment. Tell you what, those seasons are hard, but, I, but God can really visit you in those seasons. You can become closer to God in those seasons in a way that other seasons don't allow it because there's something that goes deeper in you, a, de- a dependence, a, a crying out to the Lord of God, I need you like we sung this morning. Lord, I need you. And that is good for you and good for me. I remember there was a season years ago before Elizabeth and I came out to victory, which was like 19, 20 years ago, seems like yesterday. And um, before we came out here, there was a season in our home church where um, not because anybody was doing anything to us, but just by, by the way that things were being organized and done, we were feeling kind of diminished and overlooked. Anybody ever been in that place where you just feel diminished and overlooked? And, and we were praying and we were trying to not be complainers and whiners, so we just complained and whined to God instead, you know? And so we, we took our, our complaints and, and we just felt God so clearly tell us, just stay where you are and just stay faithful. So God, it'd be easier to go. It'd be easier to, to use Christianese language. Well, I believe the Lord is leading me. Or, you know, I just, God is doing something. We just 
throw out the scripture that helps us feel good about it, and it's like, I want to go. But we just stayed, and in that, in the, that season of life, and I act like it was a super long time. It felt super long because I was young, but it really wasn't yet that long. Something was dying in me. There was an ambition, an unhealthy version of ambition that was dying in me. I was looking at my friends that I went to Bible college, and I'm like, they're all planting churches. They're all doing this, and they're all... And God's like, yeah, I don't really care <laughs> what they're doing. I have a plan for you and for your family and for what you are doing. And you know, it was really good for me. And I, if, I, if you came to me then and said, was it good for you? I'm like, I'd be grip my teeth and go, yeah, sure, sure. It didn't feel good. But something was dying inside of me as I was not like trying to complain and draw attention to myself. And um, the ability to serve in a more pure way was being purified in me. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's so much better to obey God than to make stuff up. It's so much better to just follow after him and seek him and just say, God, where do you want me and when do you want me and what do you have for me? I want to be in that place that you have for me when you do. And uh, you don't over-spiritualize it that you're walking around like some you know, non-human being kind of thing. But there is something about being in the places that God has for you in the season that he does. And so I'm being purified. My sense of fairness is being purified and all of those things. And you know, there are, there, when God is saying stay, he has a reason. Do you hear that this morning? When God is saying to stay, he's got a purpose for it. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, this is now in the New Testament. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, talking about Jesus, when he was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that the Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And many people are, are familiar with this scripture. This is after Jesus has gone to the cross, after he arose, arose three days, you have to, I'm on little sleep and lots of travel, so give me a little, give me a cigarette. After three, three days in the grave, he rose from the dead, dead, hooray, right? I mean, like, Easter, I mean, we're just like, hallelujah, he's eaten death in the grave. And he spent these weeks with his disciples appearing to them and, you know, proving that he had risen from the dead. And then he would be glorified. He would go up to heaven. In that period, he says, listen, I need you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Now, here's the thing. Jerusalem is exactly where Jesus was tried and crucified two months before. I would pick probably anywhere else on the planet to be in that season than in Jerusalem. But he said, no, this is the place I want you to go and I want you to wait. And so that's what they did. The, the, the disciples of Jesus, about 120 followers, they just went and they prayed and they sought the Lord uh, for these days. And, um, you know, when God tells you to, to stay, he's got a plan that involves you staying. And the plan is in that place, right? And, you know, here's the thing. If God is saying to stay, the grace of God is in that place. The what you need day to day is in that place, right? And so um, he had something in mind, and he had a gift in mind for them just in staying. I remember um, when I was, uh, I was working in the corporate world, and um, I, had, I had a really a good job, 
but I was in a really dysfunctional department at the time. And I was like, man, I probably, and then there were people doing what I did for freelance companies that made a lot more money. Ever made a decision on money, right? I was like, hmm, that might be a good idea. So I called my dad and I said, dad, I said, I think I could probably do a lot better, have a lot more room for growth, a lot more, you know, I, I, I sold it. And my dad on the phone, um, he said, Mike, don't move. And I said, what do you mean, don't move? I said, I think I, it could be good for me. And he said, the, he said, the mistake that I made in my career days was I didn't stay in a place long enough. I moved when it got uncomfortable. And he said, don't make the mistake that I did. You ever have somebody give you advice and you just know it's the word of the Lord in the moment? Like it was, it was like, it wasn't just like good idea, smart, you know, he's my dad. It was like the word of the Lord. And you know, I got to tell you, I had no idea what God had in store. Because over the next probably 12 months, they had promoted me two times and put me in places where I could have never made a way for myself. It was simply God directing me because he wanted me to be in front of certain people doing certain things. But if I would have moved, I would have missed that opportunity because God had something in that place. Well, the Lord tells the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so they go and they wait, and uh, it just happens to be the Feast of Pentecost. And the Feast of Pentecost just happens to be one of the three feasts of the year that every Israelite male uh, and typically would bring their family to Jerusalem would celebrate. So Jerusalem is just full of crowds of people celebrating the, the, the Feast of Pentecost. And it just so happens to be that God uses the, the Feast of Pentecost, which is a harvest feast in the Old Testament, to celebrate the harvest and to celebrate God's provision. It just happens to be on that Feast of Pentecost, of harvest, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out. 3,000 people would come to believe in Christ, a harvest and the church would be born. Thank you, Lord, that they stayed in the place that God had for them. Matter of fact, they wouldn't just stay for the Feast of Pentecost. It says that 3,000 people would be added that day. They were from all over Rome, believers, Jewish believers who had come to Jerusalem. Those 3,000 people who would form and birth the church, they would stay there for six years learning from the apostles, breaking bread with one another, sharing with one another's needs, and being the church. They wouldn't even start leaving Jerusalem until six years later when Stephen would be persecuted and stoned, and the persecution would cause them to scatter back to the the cities and places that they were from. And the disciples would end up staying in Jerusalem, even, or the now apostles would stay in Jerusalem even longer. And you know why? Because God was doing a work in that place, and in that season. Just amazing. And, you know, the, that, that simple direction, go and stay in Jerusalem, wait in Jerusalem. How many of y'all online and in here love waiting? Uh, yeah, yeah, very few times, right? It's like waiting is not our favorite thing. But, you know, it's not just about waiting, it's about how you wait right? It's not just about staying, it's how you stay. You can be staying on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, I'm out of here, 
right? There's like something in you like, oh, I don't like you. I don't like this. I'm, you know, I'm just here because God is making me. You're mad at God. You're mad at them. And it's like, God's like, hey, change your heart, yeah. right? Come into agreement in the place that I have you right now. And know that I knew that you were going to be in this place before you knew you were going to be in this place. And the grace of God, the provision of God, what you need from God is in that place. And here's the thing. God is forming you in those seasons. When David's out in the wilderness and he's uh, unwanted and pursued and everything in his life is going sideways, God was forming something in David because he was becoming a warrior that would war against the enemies of God, but he knew that Saul was not actually his enemy. He was in the sense that he was trying to kill him, but it was his own people. It's like, I ain't killing God's person. And I'm not, you know, going to raise my sword against my own people. He knew who his enemy was and he knew who um, his people were. And, you know, for us, it call, God calls us to love our brothers, right? You look at the good Samaritan and it's like, you know, who's your brother? Yeah, if they got flesh and they got breath, they're your brother. Even if they're your enemy, they're not your real enemy because we say it all the time, our enemy is not flesh and blood, right? It's spirits and principalities. If you think your boss is the enemy, you're wrong. If you think your family member is your enemy, no, they're your mission field. And Sometimes God is calling us. I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories of, I want to leave my job, but I really feel God is calling me to stay in this place. And I hear testimonies of how God touched a boss or how God touched a coworker. And later on, the person goes, I'm so glad I was obedient to the Lord because there was a mission that he had for me in that place that I didn't know about. But even in the midst of that, there's this forming inside of us. And y'all, that is the good stuff when Christ is formed in you. You know, over these weeks, we've been talking about seasons to prepare and seasons to go and seasons to stay. And it really takes a wisdom from the Holy Spirit to know what to do when. This sense. But you know, the beautiful part about that is it drives us to that place of prayer. And it drives us to that place of interaction and communion with God where we go, you know what, God? Here's all the facts. Here's everything I know. But I need a word from you. I need some wisdom from you. I want to know what you're saying. And if I could be so bold, sometimes it's like we're going to God going, hey, God, can I go? Hey, God, can I, can I prepare? Hey, God, can I do this? And it's almost like we're pushing the agenda that we see. And you know, God grants the desires of your heart, but it ain't about you right? There is, there is a purpose and a plan for where you are and when you are, and seeking him for his purposes and his plans uh, is such a beautiful thing because he has something he's forming in you, and he has assignments for you. And I want to tell you today, maybe you're in a place where you're not real, um, you're not happy, you're not satisfied, um, you're, not, um, um, you're not in a place where you're feeling very fruitful. I want to tell you today, God knows where you are. He has not lost track of you. If you're in a season that you don't like, he knows where you are. But I got to tell you, don't waste the tough stuff. You know what I mean by that? Like, don't waste it. Like, go, God, use it. 
God, use what I'm walking through. Use the things that are going on in my life to form something in me and to, and to, to accomplish your plan and your purposes around me because he knows where you are. He is not surprised. Maybe you got to a place and you're like, I don't think I was ever supposed to get there. He knows you're there now. And you yield it to him. And you just say, God, my next step tomorrow and my next step after that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. God will, he will order your steps because he has a plan and a purpose for you. You know, the, the key to that is knowing what God is doing and joining him in that. If it's a season to prepare, God, help me. Help me prepare. If it's a season to go, God, give me courage and wisdom and help me to go. And in all of that, you're developing your communion, your relationship with God because you have to keep praying and you keep seeking Him and you keep having that conversation. I typically use prayer and the counsel of people that I really trust when I'm trying to figure those kinds of things out, when I'm trying to discern the will of God and what God is doing in that season because God has a way of confirming what He is doing. I, you soak it in prayer and you get a few people that you really trust and say, hey, what do you think, right? You soak it in prayer. God wants his will for you more than you want it. He's not trying to hide it from you. He's not trying to make it difficult for you. But seeking him is part of it. Because here's the thing. If we feel like we got it all the time and we have the plan and we know what we're doing, we tend to pray less. You ever notice that? Maybe I'm the only one. But I tell you what, when I don't know all the answers, it's not like, God, why don't you just tell me? The seeking Him is a healthy thing. Don't be anxious in seeking Him. Be confident and peaceful in seeking Him. He has been leading people and families for centuries. He is so good at being God. He's been doing this a long, long time. And He can lead you. Don't put your confidence in yourself. Put your confidence in the God who knows how to lead his people. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's take a moment and let's pray. You know, even as we're closing this, this particular series, let's just say, you know, yield ourselves to God. And I, I know it's such a simple principle, but if I were to lead, uh, leave you with one thought, it's seek the Lord. Just seek Him. Father, we love You today. God, we want to be a people who are easy to lead. And when you say go left, when you say go right, when you say hurry up, when you say just stay, just wait on me, God, that we would be responsive to You, that we would hear. God, I pray for those today who... They don't have a confidence in their ability to hear you, Lord. Father, I just ask you to bless them. And I just pray, Father, that in their prayers and in their interaction with you, that you would build a confidence in, in hearing your voice and seeing it in the word and, and knowing the impressions of the Holy Spirit that line up with your word, that yes, indeed, this is what the Lord is speaking to me, Lord God. We thank you for your ability to speak. God, for those who are in a season of staying, and they want to run, God, I pray your grace upon them. I pray a settledness upon them 
right now, God. That Father, that that, that anxiety, that that restlessness inside. Lord, peace, be still. And may they, Lord, commune with you and worship you and know you and know your presence. And Lord, what you are forming in them, may it be formed. And Father, the things that you have for right where they are, Father, may they experience all the fruitfulness of that, Lord God. God, I thank you for your ability to lead. We want to be a a sensitive people, sensitive to your voice, easily led. We thank you, God, for your plans and your purposes. Lord, bless your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.